0: Hello and welcome to podcast open mic. Uh, Going to do things a little differently this week. Uh, got my uh, my daughter Chris with me. Hello. Hello. Yeah, the last time we uh, did something together, I think we uh, interviewed uh, Adam 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 Gardner. Yep. On the air of Augusta, and that was that was a lot of fun. And uh, you discovered somebody on uh, TikTok, right?
1: Discovered being a relative term?
0: Huh? Well, I don't really do TikTok. I know, I, I'm aware of it. It just has no interest to me. So, uh, but you found this person, and you were in uh, touch with him. And uh, tell me more about him.
1: Yes, I of an age to still be interested in social media, despite being that zenial border between X and millennial, do actually still do things like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And on my travels through the FYP of TikTok, the algorithm leads me to comics and satirists and creative types. And one of them is this person today. uh, His name is Artemis Walls, W-O-L-Z. He is a person who fits that description. He does comedy, he does music, he does social media professionally, actually, and a number of other things. He has also been through the trenches of retail, like so many of us, and has had several viral hits and over the last few months one of the things he accomplished was a successfully funded kickstarter campaign inspired by these viral musics that he created and he will now be putting out an entire album based on these viral songs
0: okay and in what form will that album take uh, a physical album? A, uh...
1: An actually recorded, produced album. The process has been in a studio, uh-huh. primarily in North Carolina. He is a Brooklyn resident, though, so it will be finished in New York. And that's the process that he's working on right now. Um, the current timeline theory is July release date. Uh-huh. And so,
0: I mean, is it going to be on a CD, an LP, a cassette?
1: I believe it's going to be an LP release. He does already have uh-huh. at least two singles I'm aware of or on platforms for streaming, Spotify, iTunes. I know his coffee website has the MP3s available for purchase and download as it is. So yeah.
0: so how does one uh, uh, professionally do social media?
1: With a lot of ambition and a lot of tolerance for trolls
0: oh okay i guess you'd have to be
1: (laughs) quite frankly you have to be i i think of it as being akin to acting quite frankly you have to love what you're doing and the end result more than you dislike the hate that will come at you for it
0: yeah i don't think i could I don't think I could read my comments on YouTube or whatever.
1: Most people will not have the skin for it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's, I haven't met him yet, so why don't we bring him forward?
1: Okay. Hello. Hello.
0: How's
2: it going?
1: Good, can you hear me okay? I can. All right, awesome.
0: Hi, I'm Lorenzo.
2: Hi Lorenzo, so nice to meet you. Ah, nice to meet you.
1: Sorry, I assume he can introduce himself.
2: Yeah, he can. (laughs) <laughs> right. how's it going how are you guys this fine fine what is it tuesday i think so it is
0: beautiful day in there. nice
2: how's it in brooklyn it's great it's like a little chilly but the sun's out no rain yet but probably we'll start later
1: okay Bubbles yeah, look good we started our day with our monsoon oh boy yeah That's right, as long as the power stays on, I can deal with it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like when I lived in the South and we had ice storms, like that was always the question. It's like, as long as the power stays on, we're going to be fine.
1: Oh God, anything that's not the ice storm in 97 and I'm fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so why don't you introduce our guest?
1: So, our guest today um, is Mr. Artemis Walls. Um, who some of you may know from Twitter, some of you may know from Instagram, but I'm willing to bet the majority of you are going to know from his wildly growing popularity on TikTok. And that's understandable because he is hilarious and he is creative and he has a rapidly growing justifiable fan base. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this, Artemis.
2: No problem. Thank you guys for having me. You bet.
0: Now, I'm totally, um, um, I'm TikTok blind. so.
2: <laughs> it's like the Kraken. You've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Seen it.
0: So, um, but, uh, so tell me how one gets into, uh, What's your experience with TikTok? How did you uh, discover it? Um, and, right. Uh, so, yeah. The what, was TikTok your, is, what was your uh, journey?
2: I sort of stumbled into it. Um, I'm, I've am studied film in college. I graduated in uh, 2013 from uh, the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. And uh, I sort of immediately transitioned to, you know, working on short films. And I was definitely on YouTube, pretty big uh since i was in middle school really since 2005. so i was always kind of dabbling in in videos and stuff like that and so over the course of my 20s i was kind of bouncing around different platforms you know just trying to experiment and figure out like how each system would work and how each how each platform functioned and what the best way to sort of grow on it is Um, but also studying it from a communication theorist perspective where it's a question of you know what, what what kind of things do well here. How do you communicate on here versus Vine or here versus Instagram? So it, I've I've always studied digital media sort of as a language, uh, you know, in addition to being a new vehicle for entertainment. Um, so I moved to New York about four, three or four years ago, and it was to come here and basically use all the knowledge I had gained over the last ten years uh, to bring bring those skills to a, a bigger studio or a company that needed them. Um, and I didn't have a lot of luck when I first got here. Something about um, you know, me not having already worked in a New York setting made it a little difficult for them to sort of take a chance on me, I, I suppose. Uh, so <clears throat> I, I got a job at Trader Joe's. <laughs> so I was working there for uh, about two or three years. And uh, right when I started there, almost immediately the pandemic started. So uh, I had a good <clears throat> couple of years in New York where I was basically just working as an essential worker and doing projects, videos, making music on the side, Uh, at night and uh, about a year and a couple months ago it was like last last january uh i you know i had heard about tiktok before it was definitely something on my radar i'd had a couple of clients before where i did video stuff for them and the question came up hey have you heard of this new platform called tiktok and it was always kind of on my radar to eventually dive in and try to figure it out um so yeah about two Januarys ago i was just sort of i got off work at about 1 a.m. And I got home and I was sitting there at 2 a.m. And I was like, you know, let me download this and just start figuring it out just as just something to take my mind off of the pandemic and, you know, working every day. So I I downloaded it. And within, you know, a couple of months, I was making videos that were, you know, a little silly, just trying to experiment. I was watching a lot of TikToks and making stuff. And then slowly and surely, I started figuring out, uh, you know, what I wanted to do with it. And I started figuring out a couple of really, interesting things that happen in terms of like getting a concept to spread or getting a video to go viral. Um, and you know, after I had a couple of viral hits, I sort of hit a a block where I was like, okay, well I figured out how to spread stuff, but you know, I don't really believe in what I'm making. And so I, I took a little time off and, you know, what, what really launched my platform is when I started, uh, discovering a hybrid of all my skills of like the fact that I was a musician for a couple of years and I did stand-up comedy before and so I, I started making videos that were addressing semi-serious things or even super serious things and trying to make them fun or at least palatable and to sort of unify a conversation and then using the aftermath to generate more content so I've, I've kind of wandered into a situation where uh my artwork involves making things and then using the reaction to things as part of a larger artistic expression
0: now what's the average length of a uh a TikTok piece
2: probably less than it's probably less than 15 seconds normally videos are you know between 7 to 15 seconds long um by default uh the maximum you can do with the first sort of segment is 15 seconds and so most most videos fall within that range
0: Oh, okay. So sort of like Vine used to be.
2: Yeah, no, it really before is. It died. One of the things about TikTok that I think is really special, um, you know, because these platforms, they come and go all the time. And, you know, inevitably, TikTok will be replaced by another one. What What's very special about uh, this particular section of digital media right now is how it takes all of the good parts of vine sort of the fast paced low threshold for quality i mean people are literally just making videos of like the lowest quality but because there's something about them that's relatable or funny they're they're taking off overnight um so yeah it definitely takes all the good parts of vine and adds a couple of interesting community twists to it um one of the first things i discovered in my research about TikTok was the concept of like pinning comments so In my YouTube days, the way that it would work is you'd make a video, and then the comment section below was basically a a piranha tank. You would make this heartfelt video that you really believed in, and then after you posted it, the comment section below would just, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down you and eat you alive if you did the wrong thing or they thought you were corny or whatever. But one of the things I noticed in TikTok when I was doing my preliminary research was the concept of like pinning a comment, taking one of the comments that was posted and sort of putting it up to the top and pinning it there so that it has to stay there. And so I started developing content that sort of worked with that DNA um, you know, this idea of saying, making a video about something where most people tend to agree on it, um, especially if it's a concept, uh, like in the case of my song Incompetence, where we were talking about weaponized incompetence. Girlfriend gave me chores, but I don't want to do them. Gotta be a way I can get right through them. but to try a brand new form of a gaslight. Gonna make her do them, but first I gotta ask, right? Listen, babe, if I do it, I'm gonna mess it up. Listen, babe, is this the way that you wash a cup? I can take the trash, girl, I'm not that stupid. Could you maybe show me how to do it? Dance, dance, bound to do my little incompetence. Dance, bout to do my little incompetence. Dance, bound to do my little incompetence. Dance, bound to do my little incompetence. Dance, my little incompetence. Um, the song that I made was about, was acknowledging that some guys do this, and it was sort of a satire about the concept that was supposed to provide comedy, but also like, hey, so just so you guys know, this is a thing that happens. And there were, most people were like, oh, my God, thank you so much for making this. And then there was a small group of people who were fighting or arguing against it that would say like, oh, you know, you should make one about women, about how they do the same thing. You know, just, you know, very bad takes, obviously bad takes. And so my technique was expecting that and then pinning those kind of comments or making response videos to those comments. <laughs> It would just slowly and surely the more that they would do that create this gigantic web or what I call, I call it a, a cauldron is sort of the method that it's kind of the name I've used it is creating this giant bubbling cauldron where the bigger it gets with related content the more likely that new people are to sort of fall into the opening of it and be immersed in this swirling pool of like what's going on here um, so yeah it, it was it's, it's very it's definitely a build on some of the things that worked on vine but also kind of a new creature that's really fascinating.
0: Now, are comments the way you can tell uh, how uh, popular you are?
2: Uh, it's, a, it's a good metric. Um, so when I was consulting uh, for different clients on d- different digital media things, we would always have sort of a conversation of after I had come up with a plan for what they wanted to do, what their personal goals were, and then come up with a strategy for the social media part of it, Uh, One of the conversations we would have is, you know, what are the most important metrics? Because something that I always saw happen through case studies and with clients is that as their account starts to grow, they start paying attention to all of the data. And, you know, you can get overwhelmed by that immediately. I mean, you have data for how many comments you're getting per hour, uh, how many followers you're getting per day. Uh, what the how many times you're being tagged in something, what the view count on one video is versus another. So there would always be a portion where we would sit down and talk about which metrics actually matter. And that actually changes from person to person. I had one client where her ultimate goal was to make sales. So the most important metric for all of her videos were how many people were clicking through to her website. Uh, so we would only focus on that. For my, for my brand right now, uh, that's sort of wacky, I don't know what you want to call it, thing that we're doing on, on my TikTok is the most important thing is that the message or the the central message we're trying to get out during a particular era uh, is is getting out there. So as long as we are generating comments or generating uh, followers or generating shares, then I know that you know what I'm doing is either resonating in a good or a bad way. Um, so yeah, I, I sort of loosely look at stats like that, but also you know kind of look at it like with my eyes a little bit closed. So I'm just looking at the big picture of it. Yeah. So my mind definitely determines on how much interaction I'm getting on different videos.
0: So you really have a per, uh, plethora of uh, info coming back at you. So you that's what you choose to look at, I guess. Huh?
2: Oh yeah. And it, what, what's a little bit sad, and it's only kind of happened in the last couple. I mean, I've theorized for you know. A decade, basically, of like, you know, what, what do I do if any one of these projects ever takes off, or, you know, how to sort of act if I ever get to a certain threshold. And so, some of the theories that I've come up with, I've actually had to like test out now because we're kind of getting to that point. And one of the sad ones was I, I had always theorized that there would become a point where you can no longer realistically, with the time you have, engage or even read every comment that you get, which is a very sad sort of drop off for me as like a, a theorist because it's like. You know, I, I had a lot of fun when I came out with Incompetence, which is sort of my first major viral hit, because I was able to read every single comment. I, I read every single comment, the thousands of them. I would spend hours a day just engaging, like figuring out what to do next and stuff like that. But we've we've recently reached a threshold where I don't see everything, which you know, it's kind of, it kind of, I don't know. It's it's a little bit sad because you know, most people that want to do digital media, they talk about, you know, I, I want to be big, I want to be huge, I want to reach millions of people, but after a certain amount of people, you're not even witnessing them witnessing you. So it's kind of like lost, you know what I mean? It's like, imagine winning a million dollars on your last day that you're ever gonna live. You know, There's only so much of that you can really spend in a day. I don't know, it is a little sad about it, but yeah, we were getting to the point now where I can't really read everything. So I try to, luckily I have a very wonderful team. I have a very wonderful uh, server, Uh, Enigma here is, uh, we're very fortunate to have her part of it as well. Um, that sort of helps me comb through a lot of that information and, and, and Point me in the direction of things that I might have missed and they're all over the world now So we've, we've even got server members who are or moderators for my for my TikTok account who are uh, in Australia, so they the other day they were able to message me and tell me about uh, a Certain thing that had happened in the middle of the night So I was able to like wake up and take care of it So I'm very I'm very fortunate where I actually have a team now that, that helps me with a lot of this stuff. Very cool.
0: Okay, Chris, you got a whole list of uh, stuff here.
1: One of, excuse me, the many fortunate things about being one of the members of the Discord group uh, that he is referencing, the cauldron soup of people, the coven, uh, as I believe we're now known, is that some of us are what TikTok refers to as neurospicy, the neurodivergent people. Um, And one of my gifts happens to be info diving, deep diving. And that has led me to have several pages of notes in front of me. So I, yeah. um, So let
0: let me ask, what is Discord? I don't know what that is.
1: That's a good question. Oh, so
2: that is a, um, it's sort of, imagine a Facebook group, but there's like different channels. And it's, it's sort of a private kind of thing where you can go in there and set up different chat rooms and there's like different messaging systems so it's sort of like a private server back in the day you'd have to like you know you'd have to set up your own server to, for a company to sort of access a uh, discord is like a social media platform that has given people access to that concept uh completely online so the uh, walls coven discord is uh it's like a little server that's got a bunch of it's got a bunch of rooms some of them are dedicated to just like random funny memes or just talking about our lives and then we have some channels that are related specifically to my videos and like what the next video is that's coming out and how if anybody wants to help out some ideas for ways they can help boost it so it's just kind of like a, a a group digital room on the internet okay thank you yeah no problem
1: It's an interesting, I find, hybrid of sort of, as Artemis said, Facebook meets the sort of original theory of chat rooms. Um, Oh, yeah. So amongst my notes, some of this is a bit inside baseball uh, amongst the coven, but some of it, I think, is a bit more, let's get to know Artemis. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Some of this you have done to yourself and what you've posted on TikTok, let's be fair nice so one of the videos that you've posted is a short explanation about why you refer to yourself as and I quote a chaos god (laughs) and I would love to hear you give that explanation but further than that I would love to hear what differences you see in how identifying truth in a room of people is different between men and women, seeing as your first real viral hit is incompetence.
2: Right. Um, Well, let's see, let's back up here. Uh, So one of the things, one of my favorite marketing concepts that I was uh, studying in my twenties was this idea of like emergence and uh, some of the marketing campaigns and some of the brands and uh, just like really cool artistic projects that have been started that were fully immersive is actually the real i, I mean immersive like fully immersive like you, you take the audience on sort of this ride of feeling like they're they're in a universe as opposed to they're you know just engaging with an individual piece of content um so I, i've always tried to implement that and when incompetence took off um i i i didn't really plan on You know any of this? When I first made Incompetence, I I I wasn't planning on a server, or I didn't actually think that it would take off. I mean, I made a video right before I posted it that said that it would get like 37 views tops. (laughs) It was my prediction. um But when it took off, I saw an opportunity to to sort of start this universe that I had always thought about. You know, if there was just some way to just like to get it going, to like initially start it off, to launch it, whatever you want to call it. And that was the window. And I sort of saw it. And one of the things that you do with that is this marketing concept of, you know, marketing, I forget who said it, but there's a quote, it's one of my favorite ones where marketing is not you telling people about your brand, it's you telling them what they already think about your brand. Um, and it's one of my favorite quotes. And so as I was making response videos to incompetence and sort of weaving this gigantic universe, uh, in which I was sort of this character that had just emerged in the middle of the internet to start telling the truth in sort of a comedic way, um, I was reading those comments and some of the comments I started to weave into the narrative because it was the impression I was giving people. So one of the first things I started seeing was, uh, you know, as, as the song was taking off and these, uh. Um, You know, I I got messages from a lot of wives saying that, oh, my God, my husband does this all the time. And like, I can't believe you did. You you said the silent part out loud. And this is like true. This is chaos. Like this is you're you're like a chaos demon. You're like Loki. You're like this antihero. And so I just I I, I don't know that I I stuck with that. And I kept weaving that into the narrative because I thought that was a beautiful sort of role that they had cast me. in. you know, when I originally made the song, it was just to kind of bring a little bit of humor to this Thing that had only been brought to my attention recently. And as I started seeing the impact, I was like, oh, oh, we can keep going with this. Oh, this is okay. So this is what I've always been looking for. This is a project where I believe in the message underneath it. I can use all the skills that I've acquired over the years to keep it going. And not only that, but it really seems to have taken hold of these people. So. Um, I started weaving in that concept of being a chaos god, and I started embodying it, and we started working it into things. And then as we kept going and as we made more content and more songs, I, I started to really think about what does that mean to me. And what I what I realized is what made all these people gravitate towards incompetence and eggshells and recently leave her alone is this idea of truth, of absolute truth. And I thought about all those times when you know I was in a room and – you know, there was a person in the room that everyone knew you had to like walk on eggshells around, or you had to be careful what you said around them because for what, for whatever reason, right? Eggshells, eggshells, eggshells. Walk around on eggshells. Eggshells, eggshells. Walk around on Welcome to the holidays, welcome to the pain, welcome to the nightmare, welcome to the drain. The toxic, welcome to the sludge, what'd you get for Christmas, think I got a grudge, cause I spent a couple racks on a round trip ticket, house like a landmine and I'm about to trip it, got some eggnog and I'm sitting there sipping, trying to tie a noose from a big red ribbon and everybody's here, everybody's here, Jesus fucking Christ man, everybody's here, only 9.30 and I think I need a beer, Wanna disappear, cause everybody's here, cause it's time for presents Mommy wrapped them all, but daddy takes credit Everyone's thinking it, nobody says it But I'm feeling loose and I think I'm about to get it Bitch ass daddy, you don't know what you're talking about This right here's why your last wife walked out Baby boy's grown and he's too big to knock out it down this house of cards, ain't no stopping now Never had a dinner table growing up Now you got a house and a pool, oh you growing up Now you're trying to act all nice and I'm throwing up Put your whole vibe on a beat, now I'm blowing up Woo! shells so I, I started thinking about like well, you, why is it that whenever someone finally calls out that behavior or someone's in a room and they finally say what everyone's thinking you know, that's what causes everyone to start sweating. That's what causes everyone to start feeling nervous because you just broke this imaginary, invisible contract to keep the status quo. Um, and so slowly, I was like, you know what? I think that's my definition of chaos, of just, like, going right in the middle of the room, staring at a problem right in its face and saying, oh, uh, this is the problem. Does everyone see it? Like, look, everyone can see what, what's going on over here? Okay, great. Um, and so I, may, I make sure that that's what we're doing and so whenever i'm making these videos i'm making sure that i'm I'm double checking it with that initial feeling i had when i first some heard or first read that someone's called me a chaos god you know it it had purpose it had real meaning um because there's a lot of people online you know they'll say that they're like oh i'm a chaos god but like really what they do is they 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 do things that just intentionally hurt or make fun of and there's no ultimate purpose to it so um, one of the personal mascots I have for my comedy is a, a rose that's on fire. This idea of, okay, this is going to hurt and it's going to burn, but ultimately there is good intention behind it. So, you know, it's still a rose. <laughs> the, what was the other part? It was the difference between...
1: I was asking uh, about the difference between how that presentation of being the person who points out the truth in the room, how you find it differentiates between the genders because as I had said to you in um, one of the lives it was either uh, TikTok or Discord is that as you see my name is on my platform is Lady Enigma and for me the reasoning behind that is I like being seen as the one who points out the question I like being seen as the one who points out well why Mm -hmm. partially because I'm autistic I like asking well why I don't get it can you explain it what's your logic and a lot of times people can't because the neurotypical explanation is just like, well, because I said so, I don't want to think about it. That's not a good answer. So I I find similarity in in your explanation and and my explanation of coming up with those names. And I was curious if you find a difference in how you present that and people see you as male presenting that and how you see Mm -hmm. women presenting that and the reaction to women presenting that.
2: Right. Well, there's yeah. I de- there's absolutely like without a doubt a difference, and I actually noticed that before I even made incompetent. That's how I came up with it. Is that, um, you know, I was actually at a loss. I-, I had been making video. I had had this huge viral video um, at the start of the TikTok era of mine, and it took off. But it- there wasn't any substance to it. It was ba- it was more or less like a a, a comedic thirst trap, if you will. Um, And, you know, it it went, it it did like a million, 1.3 million views. And then I had like five or six months where I, the videos I was making just did not, they were not getting any traction. And I, I took a break from it, like about a month off because I was just like, oh, I think I've what am I doing? Like, and I realized that what I was doing was I was trying to replicate that feeling because I was so desperate for some form of validation after years of being rejected from these digital media jobs that I was I was desperate to feel like I was right the whole time again. And once I recognized that, I took a break off. I, t- I took a break from TikTok. When I came back, it was because my day job at, uh, as an essential worker in New York had finally gotten to the point of like breaking me. Uh, You know, number of cases had gone up. Uh, The way that work was treating us was awful. Uh, You know, we were getting hours cut. Like, I was at a breaking point. So I just sort of opened up my data, my analytics from TikTok, and I just sort of looked at it as kind of like a project. And I noticed something. I was like, okay, 93% of my followers are women. I think... (laughs) I, I'm not sure, but I think that's because the big video I had was like this thirst trap, right? So I was just kind of looking at the analytics and I was like, okay, well, here's an idea. So then I turned on the camera and I opened up a new video and I basically looked at the camera and I said more or less, I was like, hey guys, I just noticed that uh, 93% of you are women. So what, what do you want to know? Like literally anything, like you had, you ever had a question for men that you like ever want to know about? And I did that. And oddly enough, that video took off. And as women started asking me questions and as I started responding to them, I started sensing something in the comments. Um, a combination, because once I had opened up that, that Pandora's box, like the things they were asking me, like I could sense that there was like real pain behind it. You know, someone was asking, oh, why do you guys keep cabinet doors open? Or, you know, why do you guys, uh, why do you guys, why do men cheat? Like period, just across the board. Um, and so I started noticing that like, although they were sort of, I, I sensed frustration. I also f- sensed, like, this relief that there was a man that was willing to just tell them the truth, right? And because that was kind of in good faith, I think my answers were a little more. T- I don't want to say take it seriously, but I, I don't know. I think they trusted my answers as opposed to, you know, a man just trying to tell them not in good faith, like what the deal is and like why we do things and why they should just get over it. I was telling them like, no, like legitimately, what do you want to know? And then as those videos started taking off, and then when I got the idea for incompetence, which came from a comment, I made that video. I noticed that the attacks on me in the comments from men that disagreed with the premise of the song were different than the attacks I had seen Uh, for women who had done the same thing in their content instead of attacking you know my appearance or attacking you know my height or attack like anything that they were attacking my point which is it's a huge privilege right because i'm sure as you guys have seen on the internet like people don't always do that like instead of like actually having an adult conversation like oh yeah well your hair looks stupid or etc so for some reason i noticed that like because it was a man who was who was acknowledging something that fellow men had done, I had kind of this odd shield around me, so to speak, where it's like, well, guys, I have no reason to lie. Like I'm on the same team as you guys, you know what I mean? Like imagine having, imagine your quarterback starts throwing to the other team intentionally, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing you could do against it. So there, there was definitely a huge difference in the way that uh, my quote unquote chaos was perceived versus, you know, had a woman made the same song, I, you know, I'm sure she would have been attacked for an a entire buffet of unfair reasons, you know what I mean?
0: Now, I'm just curious, how often do you uh, put up content?
2: Um, it fluctuates a little bit, and it kind of depends on what we have going on. So I, I've started dividing up my different uh, tentpole videos into sort of sagas, and they usually last about a month, month and a half. And, uh, like, for instance, right now we posted a, a new song called Leave Her Alone, which talks about the concept of... Uh, you know, approaching women who are just like on their way home from work or, you know, it's, it's about sexual harassment and about harassment in general. We posted that content, uh, sort of the big music video for it, uh, divided up in a couple of different parts. And then after that, you know, I post a bunch of videos every day after that related to the comments involving it. So during that era, I can post upwards of you know seven, eight, nine. I think today I did about eight or nine videos. Um, you know, but then some days, like when those sagas are over, I'll sort of coast a little bit and I'll make like a couple every day. But I, I try to post every single day for sure but you know different videos take different level of time and effort sure. but if they're just response videos i typically push out about 7 to 10
0: now do the the 10 polls or are they much more popular
2: uh yeah, they can be you'd be surprised though like uh, we have... so, so uh, incompetence was a very rare situation where it took a lot of effort but it didn't take a lot of time that song was made in about 30 minutes and i shot the music video in another 30 minutes and then i posted it and then overnight it was you know this huge hit and they went into the rest of the week um but there's been some videos that i've made that have taken like weeks to make and they'll get like a couple thousand views meanwhile (laughs) one of my most famous uh videos that ever took off was one where i was just warming up for another video i I do these things i call mirror videos where i'm just standing in the mirror and i'm I'm basically talking to the camera uh which is uh you know a sort of clever three-dimensional tweet if you will and one of the videos i I didn't know what to say that day i hadn't really thought of like what to talk about i didn't really have anything in my mind so i did what i normally do whenever i have that kind of block i just start doing warm ups i just start saying things in the mirror that are silly or that i was thinking about the other day and a couple days earlier i had tweeted something and i was like oh yeah uh i am a rage-filled cupcake like it was just kind of like a funny little thing i had come up with and so i did a video where i turned it on and i did put on like a silly like uh you know what are those those mid-atlantic accents like i am a rage-filled cupcake and i just did that it took like six seconds you know cut the tape post it and then i just kind of went on with my day and then that video like blew up (laughs) that video got hundreds of thousands of views so You never know. You never know what's going to take off. And even, you know, with 10 years of experience, you you never really know. And so that's kind of one of the beautiful things about TikTok. And it's one of the reasons I developed the Cauldron Method is because I will post a bunch of videos that I believe in that, that matter to me. And I just know that if whichever one takes off, we can then deep dive into that and then sort of build a universe around it. Repeat after me. I am a rage-filled cupcake, and I'm not going to let anyone fuck with me
1: today. I would hear that sound, and it took time <laughs> for my brain to put two and two together, because when I heard it originally, I didn't understand that it was his voice, because I wasn't looking at the info bar at the bottom.
0: Okay, FYP means what?
1: For you, Paige it's the algorithm assigning to you the content it thinks you like based on the things that you've liked and intentionally passed on intentionally duetted intentionally shared
2: Hmm. and And it's sort of the uh it's like a gigantic river and we're all standing at the edge of it is the collective internet and you know random things will come down it and you know different people are on different sections of the river you know further down the river so they'll see different videos than the people that are further upstream and um something, one of the things Anigma's talking about here is the concept of using a sound, so uh, the analogy would be that, you know, if I, if I put a fish in that water up towards the top and it swims down the river and different people see it, you know, eventually another fish, another video might swallow that fish and use the sound but it add a new video to it as sort of an homage to it that will go down the river and then other people see that, so what she, she's talking about is she saw a video that was using that sound I was just talking about, but they had made a new video out of it and, you know, later realizing that, oh, that's the same creator that's over here. It's, it's really fascinating because some creators get found like that. I've had a lot of my followers got to me because they saw someone else's video that was using my song. Like, you know, so in the example of Incompetence, I come out with that song. I have a music video with it. But then they use the sound underneath their video showing their kids like doing the dishes and, you know, putting things away. You know, it's a really cute video. And then people are like, oh, my God, what is that song playing in the background? And then they click that and it links it back to my back to my account so yeah it's a really magical thing that happens there
1: <laughs> by the same token it can also be a somewhat Styxian river of despair because when you follow the comment threads oh yeah it it can be its own sort of dante footpath <laughs> um but yeah it it has its its benefits and its downsides but to what you were saying about having had that history in comedy and using that warm-up premise to record those sort of insert videos when you need a breakup, I remember first hearing that, that sound bite and my brain kind of went, what, where, why does it sound like Quagmire doing a radio piece in the 40s? And I couldn't <laughs> quite figure out, because I knew it wasn't that. Like, I, clearly I knew it wasn't, That actor, I knew it wasn't from that, but it's it's one of those things that makes you stop and reassess the voice you're hearing and what other things it can do. So you have to go and look at all of the other audio pieces from that creator.
2: Right. (laughs) Yeah, that that voice, that accent's something I've been obsessing about since uh, film school uh it's it was sort of the accent that you know actors and people in high society adopted uh for two reasons one because that was just sort of the cultural standard for high society but also because it was such a clear and uh it was such a clear voice for transmission for radio etc so i've always i've always thought it was like fascinating my my friend and i used to do that bit (laughs) like we'd go to classic hollywood narrative class you know we'd watch like his girl friday and then we'd go to, we'd go to lunch and be like, ah, oh, today they got Chick-fil-A. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> like,
1: I, I think that's something I that Seth MacFarlane has said was part of his inspiration, was he would listen to those um, old LPs. And that was part of how he got Glenn Quagmire.
2: Ah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah,
0: 100%. <laughs> so Chris tells me that you are putting together a, uh, a collection
2: of uh, songs a genuine album yes a genuine album yes so,
1: i am like two um, three minutes
2: so in moms, the same or... token of like building on things it's like it was a situation where after i made incompetence then i was like okay well let's all right okay so i they clear they're clearly down with my music for you know i, I made music before but this was the first time that i had that number of people um liking my music i was like okay well let's let's see what happens and then a couple months passed like all right we make like a holiday themed one i'm sensing that a lot of people don't want to go home for the holidays so i think it's a perfect time for like a sequel let's let's do another little songs i made a song called eggshells just talking about like how uh you know how tense and you know not fun holidays can sometimes be for people that have a, a little more of a toxic family dynamic and, you know, and that went really well, then right about that time, that's when my discord was sort of being built and the coven was starting to give me uh, the support I needed to come up with other ideas. And I was starting to think about, okay, wait a second, okay, I think I could fill a whole album with these kinds of ideas. Like now I, I didn't see myself as a comedy songwriter, but now that I've seen what it can do and having gotten so many messages from people saying, Um, how the songs had affected them, I was like, oh, I could totally do a full album. So I started putting together a plan, started writing some music, and with the help of my uh, wonderful coven, we launched a Kickstarter that allowed me to raise the funds I needed to not only leave Trader Joe's, but to get the stuff I needed to finish an album. So that's what I'm working on right now. It is called Chaos, uh, and it's going to be coming out uh, this summer.
0: Now, is it TikTok-length songs, or are you... Uh, kind of writing them out to two or three minutes or right so they
2: are mostly going to be like your standard length song um but you know having in sort of like a darwinian way having evolved as a musician within TikTok, there are certain decisions i'm making about the composition that will both be a really good listening experience on the full album but also lend itself well to taking clips of it for TikTok. so I would say that most of them are standard length. There's a couple of them that are like a little bit shorter, maybe like forty seconds, fifty seconds, but um I, I've designed them in a way where you can do either. If you know them from TikTok, they'll make sense and exist in that world, or you can listen to the full album from start to finish and it, it sort of tells a story and weaves in and out and takes its time.
0: All right. Well, I, I think I'm intrigued. I think uh I'm actually download TikTok and
2: uh if anything else it's worth the uh the fyp like after you scroll through just looking at random things it throws at you and like random things it'll start showing you uh over time it'll start showing you things really like i've found so many creators uh that i had no idea existed just by tiktok saying hey we saw you like this i bet you'll like this so if nothing else it's definitely worth downloading
0: (laughs) so uh please i'd like you to um where, where can you be found? Um, feel free to. Uh... Awesome. Yeah. um
2: So you can find me on TikTok. I, I've made, you know, again, as a 10 year digital media person, I've tried to make this as easy as possible. So you can find me on my TikTok. My username is Artemis Walls. That is my username for everything else Instagram, Twitter. I also have a website, www.artemiswalls.com. You can find me there. Uh, and yeah, those, those are the main places you can sort of reach me and find my content.
0: Okay. And how will the, uh, how will the music be, uh,
2: available? Will that be
0: streaming or? Oh yeah. So, uh,
2: we, that's going to be available everywhere pretty much. So I'm doing what I, it's going to be submitted to, uh, Spotify, Apple music, iTunes. It'll be on Amazon. It'll be on, uh, it'll even be on title, um, but we're also doing a thing where I've recently discovered that a lot of my followers still own MP3 players that are not iPods, which has been a fascinating sort of like feedback that I've gotten from people. So it's these songs are going to be available to uh, purchase and download on my website when the album's out, too, in case they want the MP3 versions. so,
0: okay. yep, they'll be available
2: well, everywhere where streamers are.
0: <laughs> well, Chris has one more thing.
1: Given all this, this wonderful talk, thank you again for your time. Would you say that through all of this, you are in fact, sort of following in the footsteps of Miyamoto?
2: So, (laughs) because I love him so much. So what that is? He'll answer. Okay. Oh, so Miyamoto Musashi was uh, a—he's a famous, arguably the most famous samurai who ever existed, and um, he's someone who I've I've read a lot of his stories about—you know—sort of his journey as a samurai. You know, both. pre him being a samurai and then afterwards when he sort of gave up, uh, combat. But, uh, he was someone who, one of my favorite stories that I told on TikTok was the story of how he, at the pinnacle of his career, after he had, you know, he had invented his own sword style. It was like the greatest duelist ever. Uh, a, a new guy showed up, a new, a new hotshot. And he wanted to, he wanted to challenge him. And on the day that he challenged him, he, uh, you know, Miyamoto was late. He didn't show up to the little Island, and uh enraged the guy was like all right uh i'm gonna go send my my, ser- my servant to go find him so the servant goes into town and he finds where miyamoto lives and when he goes in there miyamoto's like asleep <laughs> so he wakes him up and he's like hey you have a duel today and you know without even like bathing or anything he just kind of puts his like his hair up and he grabs he doesn't even grab his sword he just grabs like his his outfit and he just goes with the servant to go meet the guy at the island and when he gets into the boat and as they're sort of rowing to the island miyamoto grabs an extra oar and he starts carving this like wooden stick basically that's going to be a little bit longer than your normal sort of sword he gets to the island and this guy who's like all decked out in this awesome armor and you know he's super ready to battle and he's already disrespected by the fact that miyamoto's late sees him get out of the boat like unwashed uncapped and with this wooden sword and he's like offended so then he's like, he, he starts saying, he's like, all right, I'm going dis- to I'm going to destroy this guy. Like he's not even prepared. He slept in. So they get into their stance and they get ready to start the duel. All these people are watching and they start the duel and Miyamoto defeats him in like one swing. He like sort of bops him, uh, dodges the first swing and hits him and, you know, takes him out. And the reason that's my favorite story is that it's, it is such a good metaphor for the concept of just knowing what you're doing. You know, like, it doesn't matter that he didn't have the best armor or, like, have his sword. What mattered is that he carved a sword that was slightly longer than a normal one because he already knew through his massive experience and his skill and his craftsmanship that, like, he just needed a couple of inches to beat this guy. So, you know, nothing else matters, you know? So while the other guy spent all of his time worried about what time he was there, or, you know, do I have the nicest armor? Like, the only thing that really matters is striking in a moment at a time that that's intentional. So I, I definitely try to emulate that with my content, where it's like, you know, I may not be the best musician or the best comedian, but I try to make sure I'm aiming in the right direction, if that makes sense.
0: Okay, well, thank you. And I can't wait to uh, check you out. And I want to yeah. thank Chris. Well, for, thank you guys
2: so much for having me. This is so great. I love when guys, uh, love when you guys reach out and invite me on your, little, your, your podcast. I, I love this. I love doing this. <laughs>
1: Well we appreciate you taking the time.
2: Okay, Yeah, no problem. Well thank you.
1: Well we look forward to when the album officially comes out in uh, hopefully July, yeah?
2: Yep. yeah, um, j- aiming like middle July. Okay.
0: Well, great. Well, thank you so much. And no uh,
2: problem. Thank you guys so much. This, I hope I hope this was uh, I hope this was good. I, I really like what you guys are doing. I, I, again, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate. Uh, I made content for years, and uh, to be at a point to where people have me on their podcast is a huge honor. So thank you so much.
1: Well, good. Thanks.
0: You bet. Thank you, Chris.
1: Thank you for letting us do it together, Dan.
0: Okay. And if you have a, uh, something you want to share, get in touch with me, Lorenzo, at podcastopendmic.com. That's M-I-C at gmail.com. And we'll talk again soon. Maybe on TikTok.